Because this message represents the most incredible opportunity, the most incredible potential that you have on this earth. And we're talking about the subject of prayer, the subject of prayer. And in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul is ending this passage, this incredible epistle where he's saying you need to sit and rest in the finished work of Christ. You need to stand in the strength of the Holy Spirit and walk in the strength of the Holy Spirit. And you need to stand fully clothed in the armor of God. And we come to the end of that, uh, that series called Sit, Walk, Stand. But now I want to enter into another, another uh, aspect of the Christian walk that is absolutely critical. Look at what it says in verse 16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which we can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Take up all of these instruments, he says. Take up all of this armor. Take up all of the incredible things that Christ has purchased for you and that is for you in your life. Take that, put it on, live in it. And then he transitions, he says, and this does not correspond to a particular piece of armor. And so I don't think he's continuing the armor. He is saying, now that you're armed, now that you are filled with the Holy Spirit, now that you are saved by grace and seated at the right hand of the Father, here is the great privilege and potential of your life as a believer. You are to take what Christ has given you, fully armed, facing the battle. You are to pray. You are to pray. Look at what it says in verse 18. How often? At all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for how many of the saints? Are you catching a key word in this verse? The word all. He's saying this is comprehensive. This is a lifestyle. This is something that is absolutely critical to every single thing you do. You are to pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication for all the saints. And pray also, verse 19, he says, pray for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. If the apostle needed to pray and needs needs prayers, do you and I need to pray? Do we need prayers? Paul said, you know, I'm not even worried about the chains I've got around my wrist or the chains that I have on my ankle. I'm not even worried about that Roman guard. What I'm most worried about is that I'm going to, in my moment, my opportunity to make a spiritual impact, my lips are going to be chained. I pray that you'd give me boldness of speech to proclaim the gospel. And so even the Apostle Paul, fully armored, filled with the Holy Spirit, seated at the right hand of of the Father, said, we must continuously pray in the Spirit. Now, I'm only a few minutes into this sermon. Are you feeling a little convicted? (laughs) I don't know that you can ever talk about prayer, preach about prayer, read about prayer, study the Bible about prayer without feeling convicted about it. Because I could probably go person by person across this congregation and ask you sincerely, do you feel like your prayer life is really what it ought to be? It's one of those things, isn't it? One of those things in life where you feel like you you just never can really pray enough. 
And that's one of the reasons the Apostle Paul says, pray at all times. Pray in the Spirit. What an incredible opportunity this is. How many of you have a Disney year-long pass? Raise your hand, because we need to go to Disney together. Maybe you can get me in. I don't have one. They're pretty expensive, you know. They're, they're, they're good. And the problem with me buying one is I've got to buy one for everybody else in my family. And then that it gets kind of expensive. But anyway, so these Disney passes are, and I wouldn't want to go by myself for that matter. Are y'all okay this morning? I don't know, I just... So we, we have these Disney passes, and you, you have this incredible potential to go whenever you want, right? So you can go to Disney, and then you, you get the, pot, the, the, the park hoppers. And then you have unlimited access to all of the various parks. So you can go when you want, you can go where you want. And so you have these passes. But even Disney passes have blackout dates. Even you probably don't want to go to Disney when it's 9,000 degrees either. You know, there are times you just simply don't want to go to Disney World. But as cool and as awesome as a Disney pass is, here's what I'm telling you. You can go to the throne room of God at all times in the Spirit for all people, in all seasons, for all reasons. And in any particular way, you want to do that. You have an all-access pass to the throne room of God. Now, here's here's the tragedy. Here's the tragedy. There are millions and millions and millions and millions of people all around the world that are praying prayers to a God who cannot hear. A false God. Remember when God spoke through the prophets to Israel and he just basically made fun of those who built idols out of wood. He mocked the false gods and said, you think that idol made of wood, that idol made by hands can hear? There are millions, billions of people who are praying to a God They cannot hear a false God. But here's a greater tragedy. When the people of God, saved by the grace of God, filled with the Spirit of God, neglect the very presence of God. Neglect to go in and spend time with the only God who is and who can hear and who has made incredible promises to you and to me. Listen to some of the promises that God has made. Jeremiah 33, verse 3, he says, Call unto me, and I will answer you, and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. An invitation from God, call unto me, and I will answer you. The Apostle Paul commands, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It is His will for you to come to Him in prayer. Paul says in Colossians 4.2, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. In Philippians 4.6, he says, You don't need to be anxious in anything, but in everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to who? To God. In everything. What an invitation. Listen to what Jesus says. Matthew 7. This is absolutely incredible. Matthew 7, verse 7. Jesus said, ask, 
and I'll think about it. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock, it will be open for you. And he's talking to you who trust him, believe him, who have professed his name. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be open. In John 14, he said, Truly, truly, I say to you, Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. How are we going to do the works? Jesus did. He said, you're not only going to do the works I do, you're going to do something even more incredible, greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Why is that important? Here's what happens. When Jesus is at the Father, we are seated at the right hand in Christ. He says, whatever you ask in my name through me this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Notice he doesn't say, I'm going to answer your prayer so that you're comfortable and happy and have that new car that you desire. No, here's why he's going to answer his prayer. Because he wants to glorify the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. But I just don't have time to pray. Do you? I just don't have time. For some reason, I forget about it. Man, it's hard, isn't it? You know why prayer is hard? You know why it is a struggle in our lives as Christians? Because the enemy is going out of his way, spending overtime trying to keep us out of prayer. He knows the potential of prayer. And the problem is, is we forget it. You know, the early church exerted the power of prayer. The modern church is in danger of deserting the power of prayer. And here's the thing is, sometimes when I preach on prayer, people say, you know, we need to, we need to have more corporate gatherings of prayer. And I think you're right. We need to have corporate gatherings of prayer. We need to pray in church, and that's incredible. But you know where the greatest neglect of prayer is in our own homes and our own spiritual walk and our own daily life because we're not, it doesn't say in this passage, pray when you're at church. When does it say to pray? At all times in the Spirit. So, Let's look at that little phrase. Let's draw a few things out of this morning. Pray at all times in the Spirit. Now, we're going to look at prayer over the next few weeks and draw out some more stuff, so I can't give it to you all today. Say amen. All right, just going to give you a little bit to get you started. We pray at all times in the Spirit. Now, the first thing that we notice about this passage and this this invitation from the Apostle Paul is the incredible potential of prayer. We can pray anytime, anywhere. We have incredible potential when it comes to prayer. Now, we get stressed out a lot of times when we think about praying without ceasing because we picture ourselves as being on our knees and we picture ourselves constantly having to be talking to God. What does it mean to pray without ceasing? What does it mean to pray at all times? I think in this context, it's it's saying pray at all uh, occasions. Pray in every need. Pray at every part of life. Pray at all times. There are not times that you pray and times you don't pray. 
You know when we pray. We pray when we get desperate, when we run into trouble. That's when we pray. And he's saying, don't just pray at your troubling times. Pray in your thankful times. Don't just pray in the up times. Pray in the down times. Pray at all times. Why does he want us to pray? Well, first of all, it's because you and I, if we're followers of Christ, we are in Christ. We have unlimited access to the throne of God. Unlimited access to the throne of God. Remember back in Ephesians chapter 2? He says, but God uh, in his grace and mercy caused you to be made alive with Christ Jesus and seated you at the right hand of the throne, the right hand of the Father. You're seated in Christ. Can you imagine what a privilege to be the child of the king sitting with the, the, the name of the king and in the power of the king seated there and to never have a conversation or rarely have a conversation with your own spiritual father. The one who can make a difference. We spend little time consulting. You have unlimited access. Let me show you something in Hebrews. This is, this is powerful. Just so you know, this is, this is how we can have confidence in the unlimited access and potential of prayer. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. The author of Hebrews is making an argument. He's arguing that Christ is the, the great high priest. He is the one to whom and through whom we bring all of our requests. He is the one that is the guarantee of our salvation. Notice what he says in verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the what? By the blood of Jesus, there's our access. We can draw near into the holy places by the new and living way that he opened up for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us Draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. My, my unlimited access to the Father has nothing to do with the quality of my life, the quality of my Christianity, or where I was born, or how, how I live. It, it has everything to do with who I am in in heaven. I am in Christ. I am in the presence of God spiritually and can go, can go to God confidently because of the blood of Christ, because of his broken body on the cross for me, and that he was resurrected and lives forever as my advocate, my high priest in heaven. And so I can pray in Jesus' name and know that my Father hears my prayers. And my Father loves me enough to not give me every single thing I ask for. But to give me such a thing, to give me those things through the power and name and blood of Christ, to give me those things that will work out for my good and for his glory. God, help us take advantage of the unlimited access we have to your throne. No blackout dates with God. God doesn't get tired God's not fed up with you 
because you're in Christ. And for the glory of the Son and for the glory of the Father, he hears your prayers through Jesus. I'm kind of a, maybe I'm legalistic. I don't know, but I think you ought to pray in Jesus' name. I don't know if that's legalism, but I, because that's how he hears my prayers. Listen to Hebrews 7. The former priests were many in number, the Old Testament priests. There were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. (laughs) But he holds his priesthood, how long, church? Permanently, forever, because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. That's why Jesus can say, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice, opens the door, I'll come in to him, eat with him and he with me. And and the person that comes in and, and abides with you, the Son of God is a high priest and he lives forever. You see, the limits of my prayers are based on the limitations of Jesus and Jesus has no limitations. There is absolutely no circumstance you can't influence with prayer. There's no sin you can't confess with prayer. There's no problem you can't give to God with prayer. There is no person you cannot take to the Father and help with prayer. No blackout dates. You can always go in. You have unlimited access. You have unlimited reach. I can pray right here and touch the life of Chris and Gib Gerlach in China. Right now. Now, now you and I as modern citizens, this is not as big a deal probably as it was in the first century, the idea of reach, because I can also call them and text them (laughs) right now. We could also pull them up on a feed. And so sometimes we don't think in terms of that, but isn't it amazing? See, it's different. I can reach them by cell phone, but when I pray, I can reach them with the very hand of God. I, God has invited me to influence the people around Gib and Chris Gerlatz in China. He has invited us as a church to pray for their salvation. He has said, you pray. I will move for my glory. You influence people. You reach across the oceans. You reach to that child who's going to college. You reach out and pray for your pastor. I've never met a missionary and said, don't worry, I've got enough. Yeah, you're good. I'm good. They believe. They know. You have incredible, unlimited reach in space. And get this. You have unreach. You have incredible reach in time. Your prayers, sometimes you'll never see the answer in your life. Did you know that? Paul said, pray for me. Ephesian church, pray for me because I want to have boldness to preach the gospel. How did Paul do? Did the Ephesians who prayed for him while he was stuck in that prison, did, he have, did they have any idea you and I 2,000 years later would be reading the text of that letter and being filled with this knowledge? You know, I think, I think their prayers were answered. 
They had, they, the ripple effect of that early church, their prayers is felt way into the future. Don't stop praying. Through Christ, who prays and, and, and intercedes for us, the hand of the Father can reach anywhere at any time in history, in the future. Your prayers today can have eternal impact. Eternal impact. If you're starting to get excited about praying, say amen. amen. All right, this is just, the, we have unlimited access. We have unlimited reach. And it's not, are you getting this? It's not me. It's the fact that my God, who has unlimited power, unlimited reach, unlimited perfect knowledge, my God has asked me, and I don't know why he designed it this way, but he designed it so that the church, he said, all right, I'm going to let you be involved in changing the world through prayer. Come on, be a part of this. And God says, I've, I've given you unlimited access to my ear. Come on, partner with me in this mission. You may not can go there physically. You may, not can, you may not have the power to change anything. You may not even understand what's going on, but I do partner with me through prayer. Wow. And we have unlimited opportunities to pray. That's why we can pray at all times. Is if we start thinking about it, Every person we meet is an opportunity to pray. Every person we meet. Now, by the way, if you start grabbing people's arms at work, I'm going to pray for you right now. Don't move. All right? I'm not advocating that. (laughs) You can pray in the Spirit. You can lift up prayers for people. Every person in your sphere of influence ought to be on your prayer list. God's put them in your, your influence, not just to, be, to love uh, verbally, to love in different ways practically, but to love through prayer. Every, every temptation and test you have is an opportunity to pray. Y'all have any of those? Every problem is a challenge to have faith and be obedient. Every problem is a challenge, is an opportunity to pray. And you say, well, I don't have any problems. I'm doing pretty good. Every blessing is an opportunity to pray. And what do we do? We thank God. We thank Him for everything. So if you haven't prayed yet today, you need to to begin asking God, give me a a ongoing consciousness of my surroundings, of my sin, of my need, and of my blessing so that I just, I just throughout my day, I may not be on my knees, I may be at work, I may be in the midst of doing something, but I'm absolutely thankful, grateful, seeking your guidance, seeking your help. I become a person, not, not necessarily verbally communicating with God, but continuously in communion with God. You see the difference? Begin to pray, God, help me be that person who even when I'm having fun, out with the family, watching a football game, even when, 
in the context of my life, even, even my joy, that momentary happiness makes me thankful. Woke up this morning, I was thankful. I mean, every Sunday morning I think, God, there are going to be people show up, and I, gotta, I get to teach the Word of God. What a privilege. Is it a pain sometimes? Yes. In the pain of preaching, and by the way, it's like giving birth. Ladies, I know it's not like giving birth, but in my mind, it's a struggle. There's a painful process of producing these messages. It is, it is, it is tough, but it's what an incredible privilege. So thankful. So I can thank him for the pain. I can thank him for the privilege. I can pray for his help. I can pray for the results. And God says, call on me and I will answer you. The only limits to your life are based on your lack of prayer. You say, now wait a second. Wait a second. Now, you sound like you're one of those health and wealth preachers. You mean if I just believe it, it's going to happen? That's not what I said. Because God limits how he answers it. And we trust him with his limits. But he says there's no limits. There's no limitations on on my doing for you what is best for you and what is working out for your good. There's no limits to that. The potential of prayer is incredible because prayer is placing every aspect of your life in the hands of an unlimited God. Now, let me quickly just tell you this. With prayer comes great potential, but also with prayer comes a continual problem. God is the great potential of prayer. You and I are the continual problem with prayer. Let me just tell you why. We suffer from limited perspective, and that bothers us. We suffer from limited perspective. We just, we want to see the big picture, and we're not capable of seeing the big picture. See, it was like last week, if you were here, when we had our fireman here, and he was talking about the fact that they're in the blaze, they're in the smoke, but all of those firefighters are continually in communication with someone who's outside of the fire. And so we're trusting our commander outside of the fire who sees the big picture. We are limited in our perspective. We can't see the future. And it's, by the way, that's probably a good thing. We don't know all the hidden agendas of people around us and things that are going on. We can't see the the angels that surround us. But they're there. We can't see how God is weaving our trials and tribulations and sufferings into a beautiful tapestry for his glory. We can't see that. So we're limited by perspective. So Paul says, just go ahead, pray at all times. And trust him. We're also limited by wrong motives. 
We suffer from wrong motives so often. James 4 says this, You ask and do not receive because you ask how? Wrongly. To spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. And sometimes a lot of our requests, if we were to dig deep into our motives, is to make us comfortable in the world, comfortable with the world. It, it is a worldly-driven prayer, and it is, it is a prayer directed at increasing our kingdom instead of God's kingdom. And sometimes we struggle with seeing that. And so our Father works with us and, and, and deals with that and helps us come to see that and exposes that. And sometimes that's a very painful thing. We're limited by wrong motives. We're also limited sometimes by weak flesh. We, you know how I know all of this? Because we've got lots of illustrations of this in Scripture. I mean, we find all of these people who have this incredible potential prayer life, and we find them sleeping in the garden. When Jesus said, just would you not tarry with me for an hour? We're just, we're weak. So when we consider the weakness of our flesh, the way that our motives can fool us, when we consider our lack of perspective, we need help, don't we? Well, let's look at the second part of that phrase. I'm going to let you go. Pray at all times in the what? In the Spirit. You see, prayer has great potential, but it's got a big problem, us. The answer to the problem is our partner, the Holy Spirit. Our partner. Let me show you how this works. Praying in the Spirit. It is understanding that you are weak in your prayers, you are limited in your vision, and coming to God in the Spirit, coming to God in the Spirit is coming appealing for His power and His help and His strength. That, that the Holy Spirit would help you spend a, an adequate amount of time in prayer, that the Holy Spirit would help reveal the correct things to pray, that the Holy Spirit, when you don't know what to say, you're, you, the Holy Spirit will pray on your behalf. Guess what? The Scripture says He'll do all of that. He's our great partner in prayer. If, if getting things done were based upon our ability to pray, we'd be in a lot of trouble. And so listen to what Romans 8 says. Romans 8, 26 says, here's what I'm going to do for your weakness. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what the mind, what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Can you just say, say thank you? I'm so glad. Because sometimes in my prayers, I 
I'm praying one thing and I'm wondering, God, is that really, is that really your will? And so this ought to humble us in our prayer. We're humbled to have unlimited access. But we're also humbled because of our, of our inherent problems with prayer. But we should be humbled and encouraged that God the Holy Spirit even helps us do what he commands us to do. He helps his children pray. So we can come confidently to the Lord. And we cry out as children. Listen to what, he not only helps us in our weakness, he helps us in our doubt. In our doubt. Look at Romans 8, 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, what? Abba, Father. Abba, Father. So the Spirit comes in and He gives us a sense we're His children, and then He invites us and empowers us to pray he helps buffet our flesh. And listen, you, maybe what we need to do at the beginning of this prayer series, if, if, if prayerlessness has become a, a stronghold in your life, you're struggling to pray, this is going to be a spiritual battle for you. And the first thing you need to do is go to the Father, confess the great sin of prayerlessness. If prayer is our greatest potential, then prayerlessness is perhaps our greatest sin. And go to the Father and just say, I want to pray more. Forgive me. Forgive me that my bed and my pillow are more exciting to me than being on my knees in your presence. I ought to confess that. I have. Forgive me, Father, that I love this world and my prayers are driven around that love and what the world can offer me. Help me pray, God, more towards your kingdom because I know that your kingdom brings everlasting, continual joy. This world gives me joys that are temporary and leave a bitter aftertaste. Help me pray correctly. And the Holy Spirit, will pray with you and for you on your behalf. He's our partner in prayer. I was asked to, uh, to give a little devotion at our Indian powwow meeting for fourth graders. All right, so we, I did that every fourth grade, every time a kid went through fourth grade. I've got some Cherokee Indian blood in me somewhere. I know that I've got... And so I did a little bit of research, and I was doing this devotion, and they made me dress up in my chief outfit, and I had all the, the gear on. And, but I found this really cool story that evidently was a tradition they used to do a few hundred years ago with the, with the uh, Indians. is when a young boy would turn 13. It was his, his, his rite of passage. And one of the rites of passage is they would take him out into the woods. And he'd have to spend the entire night in the woods. And they would bl- and blindfold him. They would blindfold him. And this was his test of manhood. 
they would, they, were, they would put him in a little bit of a clearing with a stump. And they say, we want you to sit on that stump blindfolded and you cannot move the entire night. And so they had this ceremony where they would send him out and he'd walk out alone into the woods and he'd go out into that clearing. He would see the last vestiges of them. They would cover up his eyes and he'd hear them walk off and leave. You, can you imagine? It gets dark. He hears the animals, the noises, the things crackling in the night, shaking with fear. He gets all the way to the end of the night. And the sun rises. And he lifts his blindfold. And he discovers that sitting on a stump, just a few feet from him, and he'd been there an entire night, was his own father. The father wants you to know he's with you. You don't need to fear when you're blind and you just can't see and the struggles of this life have got you. Take advantage of your unlimited access to an unlimited, powerful, and loving God. Let's pray. Would you bow your heads just for a moment? We're going to stand, we're going to sing in just a minute, but before we do that, turn your attention towards your Father. We pray in the Spirit, through the Son, to the Father. Take just a moment to thank the Holy Spirit and ask Him to strengthen you for prayer to give you a desperate desire for prayer to help fight off the enemy who doesn't want you to pray to help you get up when you fail ask the Holy Spirit to help you in this endeavor this most important endeavor of knowing and spending time with God and see, God didn't design it just so you give him information he already knows. He designed prayer to draw you into his presence because you need to know him. Ask the Spirit to help draw you in to the presence of God each and every day at all times. Through, the, through all the things of, of your day, say, Spirit, draw me into a conscious communion with my Father who loves me, who's with me no matter where I go. Thank Jesus. You're in Him. You died with Him. You resurrected with Him. He, by His blood, has given you access, and He is your great high priest and representative. Jesus, as long as He's alive, we're okay. Aren't you glad He's going to live forever? He's our great high priest. Thank the Father for sending the Son. Would you ask God this morning, say, God, I pray 
that you would glorify yourself through my life, my availability, and my willingness to come to you each and every moment, each and every day.